I know. Oh yeah, no, it was it was a good day for boots for all kinds of reasons. But, yeah. Uh, no. Oh, is there like a temperature fetish type of thing? There is for me, like, but really it's not. Really well, cold. no, for it is for me, but it has nothing to do with sexual arousal. It's just like. I function better when it, on days like this. Oh, okay. And I and like on hot days, my brain is barely functioning. And if I remember your name, it's like <laughs> twenty points to me. And so that, that, that's just me. That's how oh, I function. That sounds like for everyone. Then. Yeah. Okay. So if we if we back up and go back to um, fourth grade. Okay, fourth grade. And um, and experiences with binding yourself, and then uh-huh. and then your mom catches you, which I imagine is some sort of traumatic experience. Yeah, that was bad. And then where do you go from, then do you push it underground and sort of try and... Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you push it underground and then um, you just, I don't know. It's like weird. It's like a little thing that will just pop in your head and it's like, I'm into this and then it will go away all of a sudden. Like, um, it's a secret that, or I don't think it's a secret that I'm trans. And so like that would like, there would be like all these little thoughts like, oh, I wish I was this way. And then it would just go away for a while and then it becomes more prevalent as you grow older and that was what it was like for me for with fetish it was just like oh i like this and then it just that feeling went away and then it's just like oh i like this and then when puberty hits it becomes more defined and you know yeah i was just reading as i was doing the research for this i was just reading that all of your wants and desires are defined by the time you're 10 oh yeah and then yeah and as you you were saying this actually earlier and then uh, it's kind of a course of trying to figure out how to give language to it and how to kind of, you know, find the contours of it. And then you're off to the races, you know, exploring it in your teenage years. And then you yeah, take it I wherever mean, it goes. Th- th- I hear stories about people discovering it in their teenage years, but sometimes they're in commercial realms. And I haven't actually met anybody like that. Um, so sometimes I just think it's just meant for adult consumption, like, ooh, a teenage dominatrix or something, you know, yeah. just like that. Um, but. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't, like, for me, and then this is unique because of my situ- my gender situation, but for me, like, I had no interest in being a male sub whatsoever, and so once I came out of the closet, then I started engaging with the community. Um, and so, uh, and so for me, it, it, took, it took me a while to start exploring it, but I'm glad I did. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um... I forgot what I was going to say. I had some brilliant thought. I hate it when I have brilliant thoughts and they just fly away. <laughs> All that happens to me every hour. <laughs> uh, you are listening to The Chat Room with Lady Q and Madam M and our, our special guest today, Heather McCoy. Um, we are in the middle of fun drive mode, so we would love, love to hear from you. Our number here is 949-824-5824. We are here bringing you edgy talk every Friday from 5 to 6. Uh, talk on relationships, uh, dating, sex, um, fetishes today. And uh, so there's there's one place you can hear this on uh, on the radio, and we are that. So give us a call. Show us, uh, show us a little bit of love. And um, if you're not into uh, calling us this hour, you can always email us at thechatroom at KUCI.org. Um, yeah, so in the course of researching this, I was also reading that um, – a lot of the autoerotic asphyxiation fetishes develop from some sort of traumatic childhood trauma. You know, like if you're if you're molested as a kid and somebody tries to put a pillow over your face to keep you quiet during the during the event, oh, that, okay. that that's a common um, common way that that develops. So mm. there's, but it is interesting in how far back you can trace. I mean, fourth grade that struck a chord is how far back you can trace some of these roots and and 
And yeah. as you pointed out, kind of knowing who that your kids know who they are early on. And oh yeah, they know, but they, just like it doesn't come to the surface all the time. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we always think of our kids as discovering their sexuality in their teenage years, and and you're right. That's probably not the case, right? Yeah. It's something they discover it because it becomes you know with the hormone switch, it becomes more like immediate because you know your body is telling you certain things. So yeah. right. 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 So fetish clubs. I thought you could walk walk me walk us through a night out. Okay. Like I'm a 40-year-old wife and mother, which I am. <laughs> oh. I know. I've Aww. never been to a fetish club, but I'm fascinated. Oh, okay. Totally fascinated so, by this world. So, so, yeah, you just get dressed. I mean, getting dressed can be hard or it could be not so hard. Um, I used to have latex leggings, and that, that was really hard because they, gotta, they have to slide. And so there's a lot of baby powder involved, and it just takes forever to get them up. <laughs> so once you do, you look pretty stunning, but it just takes a while, and they don't last forever because obviously if something's stretched that tight for that long, um, yeah, I think mine lasted maybe three or four times I wore them, and then they're gone. Is um, latex, is it a? Is it the look you're going for? Is it the feel yeah, it, of it? Is I it the smell how, of it? I don't know how it got started, but it's I, I, I like the fashion almost as much as I like the experience. And so... Um, I'm not sure how the latex and, and vinyl got associated with it, or even leather, but it just did. And I it don't looks know the good. Origin. It looks great. Like yeah. I like, yeah, it's it, I like enjoy it. And so, um, baby powder makes sense now. Yeah, but I think about all the other times I tried it. Like I used to have a leather skirt. Okay, man. Then one day when you start getting a little bigger, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, it obviously doesn't fit anymore. And I cut it up and made it into some other kind of leather thing before I was kind of done with the leather but baby powder would have saved maybe for a little bit because you're all you know your body changes and and yeah yeah, so Lady Q's having all kinds of epiphanies no so many (laughs) (laughs) oh baby powder so simple I could have found that in my grandma's bathroom yeah So, um, what else can we that we'll do a show on that? What we find in our grandmother's bathrooms, yeah, oh, no, but like, um, sometimes it can be easy. Like, uh, I have like a scroll girl outfit that's a skirt and a shirt and a bra and socks. I mean, that's simple, and you just put a makeup. I mean, it, that's not nothing really spectacularly hard, and then like the corset. That can be tricky because I have a, a really hard time getting all of them like laced up in the back. So the schoolgirl outfit is um, like daddy sub games. Is that what you do? Yeah. Well, yeah. You can play. You can play that role if you want. But I mean, it's not. Nece- you don't necessarily have to do that. It can. It can go there though if you want it to. If you want to play that kind of role play. Um, um, I have a question. Yeah. So to what degree do you have to like? Is it preferred to get dressed up? Like, are like? Oh, just... I love getting dressed up to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's a big part of it because you're you're just wondering what's going to happen at night because you mm. don't know. Um, do you get more attention? At, like, like do the ones who are dressed up more get more attention? Well, the a only ones. Club? Well, the only ones that don't get dressed up are like especially for like um, bigger uh, events. The only ones that really don't get dressed up are the ones that um, like if you go to. I don't even know if they have them anymore, but if they have like something like bondage ball. Where, um, like, the general public can go in there, then, like, um, there's you see a lot of guys with, like, Cleveland Cavalier mm-hmm. jerseys on, and, and then, like, almost everybody dresses up. So you don't really have people that don't dress up. Right. Um, but in, in, very, in the most public events, there are some and that just want to go to see, you know, 20-year-old cute girls in latex, which 
I like, but yeah, it's kind of creepy when they're 50 and or fat and kind of gross. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, so, I, yeah, and so... Um, I'm glad you said 50 and not 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, so anyways, yeah, so, uh, yeah, most people do get dressed, and then, um, yeah, they, they, most, I, I go by myself, but, like, it, two's better, like, if you, yeah, to, if you go with a friend, that's even better. It's like going to a movie alone. I mean, you don't really want to do that. And so, yeah. Is it easier to meet people, though, if you're... No, 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 no. It's not. Because, like, uh, if you're at a bar scene, like, you might be just watching football. Or you might be just, like, soaking away your blues or something. And so it's not an expectation to be hit on. Or at least it isn't, you know, that's not what I think. And I, I don't go to bars very often. But, um but you, you can but you can't, but I mean, in certain bars, you have an expectation to be hit on. In bondage scenes, like you have, most people go with a partner and most people know what they're going to do and they're going to do it. And they just want a space that's, you know, my apartment has really, you know, standard, you know, uh, ceiling space. So you can't crack mm. a whip in there. And so most people just go out and, and, and do things. And so, uh, they, you can, Talk to them after a scene, but you do just do not disturb them during it. I mean, that will just get you people ticked off at you really fast. And so, so the club it, is separate rooms that people are. It in. can be. Okay. It can be. Yeah, it can be separate rooms, or if it's like bondage ball or fetish nation. There's fetish nation. I don't even know if they're around still. I haven't been to them in a while either. But they'll just rope off certain areas, okay. and then it's like a big floor. Uh, the 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 music box, the Henry Fonda Theater has hosts them, and so th there's private areas. If you get a VIP pass, you get to go up on the roof of the Fonda, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how much crack like Axl Rose snorted up there. But um, <laughs> so so like uh, so then you get more private rooms, and then and then on the uh, on the floor where the show concerts usually go on. It's more. It feels more like a weird, like bondage, like high school ball, like your high school. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The prom. It's really awkward, and so it's. A, but um, yeah, it, it's it's um. So I mean, there it ranges, but like when you go, you don't expect to meet anybody that's like, oh my god, you're my life partner. You just go for. <laughs> yeah, you, it, you don't expect to. You don't expect anything, or at least I don't. But and and maybe I don't know. But so um. So yeah, that's kind of how that goes. So you bring your own equipment and you bring all your oh, yeah. own stuff yeah. too. Okay, and then you're, you're so you're kind of like renting space. It's like Starbucks. It's a little like <laughs> it, yeah, it's a little like sports Starbucks without Wi-Fi. Right. Um, but yeah, no, you bring yeah. I've got a little bag of things that I bring, um, and so and most people bring their little bags, or most people bring bigger bags than I do, but. Um, yeah, and so you just, it's kind of an open space, and then you can just so what's kind of in do your, what what's in your bag? Oh, God, I've got a ball gag, which completely seals my mouth. I think I have two or three of those. I've got leather handcuffs, a collar, leash, uh, jeez. I think that's typically all I bring, and then I, and usually the, the dominant has more. So I just, okay. so yeah, that's, that's usually what I bring. What and are, like, the biggest... Fetish? Are there like fetish contraptions that are actually like oh, really yeah. massive? Oh yeah. There's, yeah. Oh, can you there's, explain a few of those. Oh yeah. There's bondage furniture. I mean, that's a whole Whoa. business. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. real stuff, right there. <laughs> there's a there's a guy um, online that makes bondage furniture and like his house and stuff, and it's I think House of Gourd. 
and you can Google that. And he has his, something he calls the silos, and so it's what's amazing is it com it does a combo of several fetishes. Usually he'll get someone in light dressed in latex, like a cat suit, and then he has a machine that's like a wrapping machine of to mummify, like to do plastic wrap around them. Hmm. Then he gets the he then he like gets a few people to lift her onto this platform. And it, this, it's like a missile silo, and then uh, she magically goes in the ceiling, and he has like two or three of these in the, oh, in the house, nice. and it's just like, you can get very involved. And then uh, the metalworking is big, too, like, you know, you need people to make cages, obviously, hmm. and so um, there's a lot of, yeah, bondage furniture, there's a lot of that stuff. And then it can be as simple as something like an attachment to put handcuffs on your ceiling i mean it can be something where you just go to home depot and it can double as something that was supposed to be a you know something for your plant so <laughs> i mean there's a lot of different um hey that's kind of cool because you hear like a lot about <laughs> duo functional for furniture yeah yeah i guess in some ways your furniture can function for those for those things too if you just click a button and it turns around and oh it's not a bookshelf anymore yeah it's not a bookshelf anymore <laughs> They're missing out on all these opportunities, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Um, huh, so interesting. Okay. All right. So this is uh, this is the chat room with Lady Q and Madam M and uh, Heather McCoy, who is our, our special guest today. We are in the middle of fun drive mode, 949-824-5824, or you can email at us at the chat room at KUCI.org. You can also donate online if, uh, if you're into a little bit more privacy, uh, www.KUCI.org. There's a button you can press, and uh, that will lead you into the... The world of donations. We're only looking for thirty-five bucks. A uh, thirty-five buck donation will get you some some neat premiums. So um, we are here all the time through next Tuesday. I think right. Taking Tuesday uh, at midnight. Is Tuesday when it at ends. midnight. Yeah. I mean, you can always donate, but Tuesday at midnight is is when we'd really love to hear from you. Nine four nine eight two four five eight two four. Call us. Um, so fetish club etiquette. Is there? Is it kind of like being at a. a I'm kind of uh, curious about you know if you're if you're at a club and there's there's kind of one reason for being at the club. Can you kind of speed through all of the, you know, what's your sign stuff and just say you know let's. <laughs> well, I mean, if the person is uh, available and you want to do a scene with them, but as far as like dating, like that's not the probably the way to go. Right. Um, but but like, if you want to do a scene, yeah. If you just if you do want to do a scene, scene yeah. yeah, you go. Oh, you want to do this, this, and this, and if you they go, go, oh, I've got a play ask. partner, and she's in the bathroom or whatever, then then it doesn't happen. But I mean, yeah, it cuts through. I mean, you don't have to put up with similar stuff like you could at the bar, but it's just not going to re result in intercourse if that's what you're looking for. Right. Um. You so you have to be really. I mean, you can't be just like. Going, oh yeah, I'm into fetish with your fingers crossed. You have to really mm. want to do it, and um, because otherwise, it's not going to get get you anywhere. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. So. We were talking about uh, we were talking about that with um, the ways you can't pretend. You know, I mean, you call it role play, but if you're not, it seems like where the scene setup leads off and the the experience you were talking about earlier in the show begins. Um, if you don't have people who are genuinely into it, where you can make the leap from it's a game and we're playing in roles to like, you know, 
now we're now we're in some other deeper realm. Yeah, it's not going to be that much fun. I mean, if you can't, if you're not having fun, like if if like like let's say it, this happens a lot more than the other way around, but it like, for example, if you're a uh, uh, wife and your husband's like dominate me, I love you know big boots and like you know like knee you know what you know latex skirts or whatever, and then she's not into it. Um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and she has, you know, it's just not something, it's not something like, you know, what you were saying last week, it's not something as easy as shoving your pine in the face where I wouldn't get turned on by that, but it's not, it takes very minimal effort by me to do so. Right. And, and so like s and takes a lot of effort to like, you have to be into it or you're, it's just not interesting at all. So, yeah. um, yeah, like sometimes I, once in a while I tease my brother and he just gets flushes and turns red and he's just like, oh God. And, <laughs> and so, so like, he's really not into it, but, um, but, uh, so yeah, you, you, so like, that's why you can like, for me, what you're doing, like for me, like, I don't mind who my, uh, top is like, I can go either man or woman, but as because it's a subset of sexuality. And like, if I want to look for my life partner, I'm clearly looking for a girl cause I'm lesbian, but as far as my play partner, I don't care. And so it's not, for me, in my experience, it hasn't been intimate yet, but it can get that way. Um, and it usually does if, if, you know, if you have, if you uh, develop a real relationship with your dominant. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange, actually. Yeah, that sort of dovetails on what we were talking about last week with um, infidelity and adultery and whether... You know, whether going up to and we kind of didn't define the terms of what cheating on your partner means. But, you know, if you go up to somebody's hotel room and they throw a cake in your face, is that cheating on your partner when your partner won't do it? Because you're not developing any sort of an emotional attachment to the person. Well, no. maybe you are. But you could. You could, I guess. But in general, you probably aren't developing some sort of emotional bond to this person who's just throwing cake in your face. Um, and so that, that kind of becomes the question. If you go to these clubs, how far into it you can get without, with maintaining some sort of emotional detachment from these people. Yeah. And, and I mean, like I haven't, I haven't met anyone so far that I would want to date there. Like, I, I mean, I, I think one time, I don't even know if this club is still there because I went to one of the last ones before they remodeled, but just around the corner from Amoeba, there's a club called Ivar and it was called Club Hell. And, um, I met a girl there and, um, she was into it and then it was just like a one night stand that lasted too long. So, I mean, you can, you can come home with, you know, somebody that you were like, oh, I'm into this, I'm into this too, but it just doesn't happen very often. And, um, and so, but I mean, it, you can get a lifelong relationship out of it. And then those that do have a lifelong, like fetish relationship when the partner dies because your needs are so specific they feel a little bit more sad than usual when their partner dies because they can't get that need filled and it's very hard to you know do that and uh have the whole package as well as the fetish side away from that so um it can be a challenging thing to be into because of that i think but it's hard enough to meet people in Orange County. Oh, yeah. And you add this whole layer to it. <laughs> and then, gosh, darn Yeah, it. then it gets really hard. And, um, yeah, no, like Orange County, I, I, as much as I uh, like to live here, we just specialize on very, very bland people, I think, sometimes. And, um, the yeah. ladies in the chat room excluded. <laughs> the ladies in the chat room excluded. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah. 
So we should talk a, a little bit about safety issues before we, because I think that's a big part oh, of this. Oh, it's huge. Um, before we sign off, because no no fetish show would be um, complete without going over some of this, some safety issues. Uh, talk talk a little bit about. Um, you mentioned the safety words before. The safety but, words, yeah. The, um, I mean, the safe thing is, is like most of the safety stuff falls in the realm of the dominant, and so like that's not something I have a lot of experience with. But like, I mean, if like I've been at this long enough where I can tell if somebody just wants to mess around and not really do anything and they don't know what they're doing, they just want to free grope or if they know what they're doing. And so like, I know the kind of, it's, I can't say, Oh, I know the right types of questions to ask. Cause it's like a free flowing conversation. And then you kind of your bull crap detector goes off. Like this guy doesn't know what he's doing and he, or this girl doesn't know what he's, she's doing. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do anything with them. Um, and then most people, I mean, if you're, if for, if a dom doesn't know how to do something, don't, you know, um, don't let him be there, him or her be like your first experience. Like, um, you know, they, they have to, it's, it's like you have to practice this stuff before you actually try it. So, um, just be aware of you just be aware of who you're dealing with and if they, don't seem genuine, then don't do it. That's the best advice I can give you as a sub. It's just like, I can tell when somebody's bullcrapping me. and Trust your instincts. Oh, trust your instincts completely on it. Uh, I've done quite a few things, and um, I haven't, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any medical issues from it, and I don't have any um, scars from it. And I've done some really stuff really wild stuff i've i've been whipped pretty badly and um uh, so yeah you just have to be uh you just have to choose wisely and uh don't just go oh my god thank god i found this person and then just do it that, right. that would be a bad thing to do so is it advised to use your own equipment then to just bring well your you own have equipment? to well you have to no one's gonna supply your equipment you have yeah. to bring your own yeah because it just you get there's some equipment that fetish clubs will uh stock like the St. Andrew's cross is humongous and you can't put that in your Camry. And <laughs> so, so like there's a few things. Th things. You can if it double functions as your car. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you, um, there's a few things that they'll bring the, the mm -hmm. fetish clubs or whatever will have, but most of the stuff you, you have to bring yourself. So. Okay. And what about sharing equipment? Is that like, it depends on what is it that is. Suggested if it, no, no. no. Yes. If it's if it's rope, I, I would assume it would be okay. Like I've seen I've seen people share a few things, but it just depends on what it is. Some things you just don't want to lend out because either, like, um, that's the other fun thing about the S and M thing is a lot of some of the toys are so rare and so like oh I custom made this or whatever. It's a lot like record collecting in some regard yeah. mm. where it's just like you don't want people to touch your you know rares nineteen seventy five Sunra. LP, you don't want somebody to touch your classic handcuffs made in a certain way, and so yeah, um, yeah, people get pretty territorial about their things, and rightfully so. But um, yeah, so. Anyways. So it strikes me that it would be autoerotic asphyxiation, and um, you mentioned last week electric shock therapy. Those seem like the two areas to me that like you'd really have to be careful around. There's you'd, you should there's be with trained Yeah, people. well, electricity is something that you probably should really be trained on because electro-stem kits, I think, are pretty cheap these days. I think I see them for about 500 or so. And, um, yeah, you really need to know what you're doing with those. Um, the one that I absolutely will say that you need to know what you're doing is um, 
anything with needles. That's not something I'm into, but I've seen it, and it's pretty amazing that they can do needlework along a skin like that. But it's something that, like, it's something that you have to know damn sure that they're qualified to do that. And um, so, yeah, that, those those are the two. And, and oh, and especially. Um, Especially if you do any uh, s suspension, suspension is a big mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. um, there's the, there's uh, ankle binders that go on in a very special way, and they're kind of weird. I don't know how they fully work and form to the ankle. To me, it's just like that. It seems a little iffy, but a lot of mo I think most people I hear about that do get hurt um, usually fall on their head because they weren't um, oh my gosh. they weren't uh, like strapped, strapped by their ankles, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Any suspension or electrical play or needle, I think those are the three most dangerous ones that I can think of offhand. Um, yeah. This is a totally different topic, but oh, um, yeah. I'm curious about if you feel like your role as sub um, carries through kind of the rest of your life in different ways, if you can see it at play in other ways in your life outside of outside of sex. Um. You, well, I mean, if you're with a partner, definitely. But I mean, even just on your own, just, just kind of the way own? you live no, your life. No, like, mm -hmm. um, I, I knew a dominatrix that had a famous actor as her client, and I can't say who it is, but um, but you, you would never guess. And, mm -hmm. and, and so, like, um, most, you know, it, it, it usually why you catch, like, Fortune 500 people or Republicans and fetish clubs is because they like to act all powerful and tough, but deep down they want to be bad little schoolboys and they want mom to hit them or something right. um so yeah no it doesn't really translate um with my my um personal life as far as my personality goes but if i'm around like a girl i like that um is into it then like then within that relationship she'll order for me or you know stuff oh, like okay. that yeah so um you mean like in a restaurant she'll order uh -huh, for you? yeah okay. so so i mean it just depends on um it just it depends on who you're with, but like around KUCI, like um, I probably I probably take the dominatrix role. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I know. Well, I've known yeah. you for a long time, five years. Yeah, I think. And um, I mean, I yeah, I guess when we were talking about it last week, I wasn't surprised, but <laughs> but I wasn't. But you know, it, it, but I wouldn't have known either. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the thing is like when you find out that somebody's into it, it's just like oh cool. Now we have something else to talk about. Yeah. Um, the the hard part too is and this this was I don't I don't like to talk about it but um, the the hard part too is like especially like if if you're listening to us online and you're in the middle of I don't know Nebraska and you don't know anybody that's really into S and M the hard part is if you know somebody that's into it and you finally release your secret sometimes that will occupy so much of your conversation mm. the other person will go oh god i don't want to hear this anymore and that's kind of what happened with me and an ex-girlfriend from arizona as far as a trans issue she was like the first person i ever came out with she was really a good friend of mine and then once i told her it was just like an avalanche i wasn't even comfortable telling my own therapist and so i'm sure a lot of people that are into bondage and s and m have that issue too i'm way more open about that than i was the other thing in my life and um so yeah and and so yeah it's just you have to um it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a i would imagine it's in certain parts of the country it's a hard thing to deal with if you're yeah. into it or not right right so. right yeah i mean ironically i mean orange county is so um 
close to LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, mean, I was going to say it's so uptight and conservative in my view, but yeah, but it's close to LA and San Diego. So you at least have access. You're right. I mean, yeah. if you're in Nebraska, you're just, you you're know. just kind of like, why am I a freak? And especially before the internet, you know, it's just like, so yeah, there's no outlet for it. There's, and, yeah. There's yeah. no outlet for it. And I think, I think the, the, um, and this is again, kind of relating, but like I saw like the Pearl Jam at 20 years. And one of the guys from Pearl Jam came from this little town in some northern plain state and then it's just like his only outlet to the real world was like rolling stone and mail order hardcore records he found and the, and then like other than that the sound had no culture so uh, mm. i mean it, there's a lot of subsets that we cover a lot on kci that you could also attribute to the bondage fetish club too right. so um yeah well, that, uh, that wraps up our discussion. The hour went too fast. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, well, thank you very much to our guest, Heather. Yeah, no um, problem. Heather thank McCoy you. for coming on to the show, the chat room, and talking about uh, fetishes and introducing us to the fetish world i was i definitely had i i had no idea about all of that stuff but i <laughs> shall research more on that so looking forward to that um oh I, and i looked this up edible panties were developed in the 19 1975 there's oh. an interesting fact for everyone that's, that's something that just kind of grosses me out <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it'll just be another topic for next time all gross but, things were developed in the 70s yeah <laughs> Orgy clubs, yeah, everything. (laughs) All right, so again, just to reiterate some announcements, um, MTV's Q&A session with Dan Savage is coming up Wednesday, November 9th at Crystal Cove Auditorium from 7 to 10 p.m. And definitely call in at 949-824-5824 to participate in the KUCI Fun Fun Drive. And um, you are tuning into the chat room with your hostesses, Again, I'll look up the plural <laughs> version of that word. Goodness sakes. With your hostess, Lady Q and Madame M. And check us out again next Friday at 5 p.m. for more um, talk about relationships, um, sex, and other things um, related to that. So we will end off with the song that I found um, under Bedroom Communities. Um, that's the album Bedroom Communities by Pillow Talk um, with a variety of artists. So this song is called Do It Yourself by Eric Sumo. And we're tuning out here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.